0: This week on the Rail Splitter, the Abraham Lincoln Podcast, we're talking about Springfield, Illinois, and some other goings-on in the Rail Splitter universe. Now, now, now!
1: Not five, not four,
0: not two, just three!
2: The Rail Splitter,
0: axe in hand, looking out at a frontier of hope and possibility.
2: In excellent to each other
0: party on dudes welcome to the rail splitter the abraham lincoln podcast my name is jeremy with me this evening are rail splitter mary
2: hey everybody
0: and rail splitter nick what's up people
1: listening to us
0: all right oh sorry (laughs) i was waiting for the end of your traditional sign-on um so welcome to another show of the rail splitter uh we just want to start out the show if you are on the east coast in the carolinas we hope you are safe and doing well Uh, i was lucky enough to spend a week this summer in sunset beach north carolina very much a beautiful part of the country with lots of fine folks so we hope everybody is safely either evacuated or safely um, away from the storm. Um, over on the East Coast and in the Carolinas. So um, it looks like it's going to be pretty nasty. So uh, we are thinking of you here at the podcast. Uh, Today we're talking about Springfield, Illinois and what that means for uh, Lincoln enthusiasts, Lincoln fans, Lincoln historians. Uh, What a magical place it is. Um, We've talked about this a couple different times on the show. Um, but the main reason uh, is just because I was there last weekend and got a chance to do some touring, and, um, as I always do. And so I just kind of wanted to chat a little bit about it. I didn't get a chance to record anything while I was there, because, just because of the timing of everything. Um, but I think the way we'll structure the show, Nick um, has been there a couple times, I know, and he's been there with me a couple times. Um, but Mary, um, I believe has never been to Springfield. So, uh, so you can kind of be the question asker a little bit maybe in this, uh, for this one. And, uh, we can maybe kind of talk about things from that standpoint. Um, I did mention on the show last week, it was kind of a tough weekend family-wise because it was the last time we visited, uh, our great grandma down there my kid's great grandmother, my wife's grandmother. Um, however, Uh, She is moving into a very nice uh, assisted living center or or not even assisted living, I don't know, just kind of a retirement community. Um, Oddly enough, the street that she moved on to uh, is named the same as Nick's last name, uh, which was quite surprising to see that she was on Stangy Street. Um, But, I don't know, oddly reassuring, I guess. The corner of Stangy and Washington.
1: Probably the two greatest Americans outside of Abraham Lincoln. So, it's an honor to be uh, to be your grandmother's street. So, yeah, one man. of many streets I imagine named after me. So, uh, <laughs> kind of bad they didn't invite me to the the ceremony of naming it. Um, but you know, uh, and I didn't think Rail Splitter the podcast had taken off that much. But. It's understandable considering I am everybody's favorite rail splitter. So
0: yes, there is uh, <laughs> there is a street in Springfield, apparently named after you. Uh, and now Grandma lives on that street. Um, so but she's in a really nice little spot there, um, kind of near Washington Park, which is a lovely park in Springfield, which I guess is something we could talk about. If you have children, younger children, especially in your touring Springfield, Uh, I would recommend Washington Park, or if you like to go for walks or hikes, uh, not necessarily hikes like a scenic nature hike, but it's just kind of a nice park, but they do have a really, really nice section for kids. Um, And there's also like a big bell tower kind of up on the hill uh, that overlooks the whole city. So that's kind of a lesser known non-Lincoln site in Springfield. Um, so what we did after we toured, uh, grandma's new digs, um, is I've, and I tried to add it up. I have no idea, but I believe I've been down, I would say in the neighborhood of 40 times, um, probably three to four times a year for the last, well, definitely three to four times a year for the last 15 years. Um, so I'd say I've probably visited Springfield and then, you know, once or twice when I was a kid. Uh, I've probably visited Springfield in the neighborhood of 40 times, um, so I've, I know it fairly well, um, but I am sad to admit or embarrassed to admit that I had never visited the Dana Thomas home until this last visit. The Thomas home, Dana Thomas home is one of the most famous non-Lincoln, probably the most famous non-Lincoln, non-Illinois Capitol buildings in Springfield. It's a Frank Lloyd Wright home that was um, built, it, it was an existing Victorian home, and then he built, expanded it greatly and built around it in 1904. Uh, so I took the we, the whole family, my four-year-old and seven-year-old and my wife went on the tour as well, and it was fascinating. I highly recommend going on the tour of the Dana Thomas home. Um, for two reasons. One, it's the a fantastic architectural tour of a Frank Lloyd Wright home. Uh, it is the most intact collection of Frank Lloyd Wright furniture um, of any, even the Falling Water Home. Um, they've done a good job of keeping all of the stuff. Um, and you learn a lot kind of about the quirky history of how and why they kept all this stuff on the tour. Um, so it's a, Beautiful example. They've done a great job of restoring it. They have all the lighting in there as lit lit as if it were 1904. So a lot of folks on the tour were kind of saying how dim it was in there. Uh, But that was obviously trying to create a a sense of 1904. Uh, No cell phones, cameras were allowed. So you do kind of get a feel for what the home was like. Um, It's huge. Um, I'm guessing it's probably one of his bigger works there's a lot of unique frank lloyd wright uh, architectural features to it but one thing that i thought was very cool was the tour was not really about frank lloyd wright because if if any of you are architectural fans um or frank 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 lloyd wright fans you'll know that he was not known for being uh the nicest person (laughs) he was kind of a jerk um and i think um you know he, you know, To make the tour about him would have made sense, but the woman who, had, who commissioned the house and who owned the house was a fascinating person, um, a women's rights activist, a suffragette, um, a civil rights activist, very, very interesting stories about the history of Springfield. Uh, there was a race riot in Springfield around the turn of the century that um, is a very important part of Illinois history and Springfield history. Um, where there was multiple lynchings, very, very ugly part of history, and she was active in um, providing kind of refuge for folks to keep them safe at at huge risk to herself. Um, That was just one story about her, uh, but the fact that the tour was largely about um, this woman who um, she's labeled as a socialite. I think that that's not the fairest of terms for her because she was a social activist, uh, business owner, uh, philanthropist, among other things. Um, but very, very cool tour. So I would recommend that. It takes about an hour. Uh, they, they ask for a suggested donation. I think it's like 5 bucks for adults. So it was like $15 for our family. Um, but definitely worth checking out. And it is right down the street from all of the Lincoln sites. So that was the first time that we had done that. Um, I did post a couple pictures. Um, So that is a Springfield, non-Lincoln trip, but still very much a history buff uh, site um, to see. And I just didn't go ever because I was always doing Lincoln stuff and Capitol stuff. Um, So I was sad. uh, Not sad, but I mean kind of like slightly embarrassed that I had been down there so many times and I had never gone to this true true gem of Illinois. So very cool. Um, I don't know, Nick, if you've ever driven by it or had any thoughts of going um anytime you've been down there i had not uh been to it
1: so um i don't even know if i knew of it to be honest kind of shameful to say um but it sounds awesome definitely a place i like to go uh for those who have little kids were your kids engaged
0: throughout the hour tour they were they were which is was surprising because i general when i'm with the kids i generally don't do the tours we we do like like we, one of our big things is we go to State Capitol buildings. We like to to see how many we can go to. I think we've taken the kids to twelve or thirteen. Um, We never do the guided tours for those. Um, we always do the self-guided tours just because they give you information and you you know you can kind of see what's what and they give you maps and stuff. But um, it's just kind of a lot for kids, sometimes younger kids to go on those tours are or so we thought perhaps we were wrong on that because uh, they did this tour because that's the only way you can go through the dana thomas home is is on the tour um and they did extremely well um they really um the hardest part was there was like a nine minute video at the beginning that was kind of i don't want to say dry it wasn't the most engaging documentary Um after that it was um they were they were into it um and um, kind of listening to the stories, and the tour guide did a really nice job because there's a uh, uh, Dana Thomas. Uh, never, actually, her name's not Dana Thomas. I think it's Sarah Dana, and then the ho- home was later um, purchased by someone named Thomas. But um, she adored children, but didn't have any. So there's a library, um, very, very beautiful library in the basement, and she, and the tour guide kind of modeled how that she would read to children, and she sat down, you know, sat on the ground with my daughter and kind of showed her how she, how they would read and stuff. It was really neat. Um, so they definitely engage the kids. So I would recommend it, um, for families. If, if your kids are into that kind of thing, my son who typically doesn't do as well with things that don't entertain him as much, um, likes exploring big buildings, you know, you know, he likes to, you know, we called it a mansion and he was just kind of into that. So, um, he was kind of thinking about like, could he make this in Minecraft and that kind of thing. So, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, it Not was cool.
2: awesome. Yeah,
0: it was fun. It was definitely worth worth checking out. So I would recommend that, especially if you're going go to go and take a trip to Springfield. Because um, when I take my trips to Springfield, I'm, I'm also doing family stuff. Um, so if you were doing solely like a touring trip of Springfield, definitely put that on your list. Um, and I am happy that I finally finally get to check it off. Um, things I've done in Springfield, for sure. It
1: sounds like it'd be a nice little visit. Like I know a lot of times when I go places, like, I want to see everything, and I get stressed out. Mm-hmm. And then this would be like a nice little buffer in the middle there to just be like, ah, oh, I don't have to gather all this Lincoln knowledge. I could just enjoy this for what it is.
2: Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking about it too. And I've known about the house for a few years because I first found out about it. Um, totally not related to Lincoln at all. But when I was playing the video game Bioshock, and I'm really into Art Deco, so I was like Googling Art Deco stuff. And this was one of the things that came out because I think it's got some art deco motifs that are part of it. So I found out about it. I'm like, Oh, when I go to Springfield, I want to go there. And I'm just, I'm looking at some pictures of the outside of it right now. It's, it's beautiful. And it sounds like something that I would definitely love to go see.
0: Yeah. And they do a great job of pointing out that stuff without making it's, it's, it, it was really, really intriguing how they did that. They, um, Mentioned all of that but the tour wasn't about all of that so like they, mm-hmm. they tell a really interesting story of um there's a lamp there's two lamps they they're designed by Frank Lloyd Wright they were matching uh, and they they got rid of them you know however they sold them or whatever and they lost track of them well then they tracked them down at, and they ended up uh, they were at Christie's in New York auctioning off and a bunch of people put some money together to get them to get it back in Springfield and the lamp Sold for seven hundred fifty thousand uh, dollars, which is just insane. Oh. Its its partner went to a single bidder for two point two million, and it's like a lamp that's about two feet wide. I mean, it's just you know, it's it's got the Frank Lloyd Wright like stained glass and straight lines and you know, very very quintessential Frank Lloyd Wright. Yeah. But yeah, um, and then they tell a nice story about um, when they were when they were trying to raise a little bit of money, um, to just keep the house. Uh, they were selling the furniture for like 50 cents a piece in the forties. So it's, uh, it's insane. But anyway, I I recommend it, uh, very much if you are in Springfield. Um, other sites in Springfield, we've talked many, many times about the museum, but I did go back to the museum. Um, again, uh, I went by myself actually, because the kids kind of had had a, you know, they were, they did a great job on that hour-long tour of the Dana Thomas home. So they, um, so I took dropped them back off at Grandma's house and went back to the museum. Uh, the current traveling year-long exhibit, which I believe goes through December, is on Illinois presidents, which features artifacts and um, displays on Grant, Reagan, Lincoln, and Obama. Uh, very well done. Uh, display, they do a nice job of kind of drawing lines and of similarity between, um, between those presidents. Um, it's kind of interesting, just thinking presidential history-wise, you know, the only president born in Illinois was, was Reagan, and really the only president who grew up in Illinois um, is Reagan, yet we've, we're trying to claim, and I think the claim on Grant is pretty loose, because it was just that time he lived in Galena. Um, but to kind of have that Illinois history in there was, was pretty neat. And they had some, some really cool artifacts, um, really a lot of grant stuff that was pretty cool and, and some Lincoln stuff, obviously they just took out from the collection. Uh, one of the, my favorite things that they had was, um, when the Gettysburg address, I guess it would have been for the, what would have been 250th. Is that right? 200. No. 150th, 150th. Uh, yeah <laughs> sorry basic arithmetic escaping me today uh, the 150th they had a bunch of people write 272 words uh, in response to the Gettysburg address and they had uh, President Obama's there which he had you know he wrote in his own hand which was pretty cool um, I had seen it when it was on display with a bunch of other ones and it was cool then too but um, I just like that they keep they, you know they've kept it and they brought it back out for For this exhibit. Um, They also have um, Mary Lincoln's, the skirt that she wore on her wedding uh, when she married Abraham Lincoln, and it's kind of put opposite of the kind of iconic blue dress that Michelle Obama wore in a a photo shoot, like a very bright blue kind of sleeveless dress. And I like how they have them positioned is just really neat, how you can kind of get a feel for time, but also feel for style and Um, showcasing very important um, garments. Um, And I think certainly Michelle Obama's I think is important because there was quite a lot of sexism around trying to tell sexism and racism, I think, around criticizing her for what her choices of clothing were. Um, The fact that she didn't have sleeves on a dress was somehow felt inappropriate or something, Um, but she was pretty fierce with it. and. Um, shit, I'd love okay.
1: to have those scandal days back. No kidding. <laughs> oh, wouldn't we all? Was, uh, the tan suit scandal too. Remember or?
0: that? Remember that? There, there was a time where the president wore a tan suit, and people called that unpresidential. Yep. Oh. Yeah, poor guy. If he got elected now, like in 2020, that'd be
1: shit. Nobody would even notice. <laughs> I don't know.
0: Yeah, or or they or they would. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe maybe they would. You know, maybe maybe that would still be an issue because you know, I guess, you know, the, the, the standards are different, I think for different individuals, I don't know, but yeah, that was, um, that's a, I've seen that tweeted quite a handful of times, you know, I longing for the days when a tan suit was a scandal or a sleeveless Mm -hmm. dress or anything, but man, um,
1: so I'll take the dress. I'll take the dress with the stain too. That was,
0: (laughs) Yeah, she's been in the news too. Um, yeah, that actually. <laughs> has she really? Yeah, she. Uh, she's been making a lot of appearances. Actually, she has. We're talking about Monica Lewinsky. She. Uh, she had actually a TED talk about being like publicly shamed, and trying to come back from that.
2: Right. Um, yeah.
0: Which was really actually quite interesting because it was good.
2: I watched it.
0: Yeah, I did too. Yeah. It's good because she talks about. I mean, she was a fairly young person, and you know, mm-hmm. made a choice that she regrets and. Um, how to, how how she's handling basically that being like how she's defined um, and getting over it. Very, very interesting and, and good uh, TED talk. But anyway, she kind of has some very clear stipulations when she makes public appearances and uh, an interviewer very much violated, <laughs> violated those agreements and she walked off. So good for her. So anyway, somehow, yeah, we're... Yeah, we're usually more Lincoln than this if this is your first episode, but, uh, um, you know, presidential history is presidential history, right? So um, anyway, uh, in Springfield, so the museum has uh, a lot. There's a, there's also a computer um, 3D-printed bust of Obama that's, that's pretty cool. There's the Cubs jacket that Ronald Reagan wore when he threw out a first pitch. Uh, there's a saddle of Grant's. Uh, which was, I think is, is a neat piece, an axe of Lincoln's. So there's like a sports um, display case, I guess. And the sport that they had for Lincoln was uh, the an axe that he used to uh, split rails. <laughs> uh, Grant had a saddle. Uh, Reagan had the baseball jacket, and then there was a basketball that uh, President Obama had used while he was in the White House um there's another part of the museum the two main parts are there's like a log cabin you walk into and then it takes you to a series of exhibits from his life pre-presidency um so his birth up to uh, when he is elected in 1860 so it's very well done how you kind of walk in a log cabin and then you're kind of kind of go back through um, a bunch of different exhibits there's some displays of uh, of the store that he ran there's... Um, the courting couch where he met, uh, Mary Todd, who became Mary Lincoln. There's a replica of his law office. There's a, a staged kind of, um, figures for the Lincoln Douglas debates at Knox college, um, which is in, um, g- 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 the G what city is that in Galesburg Galesburg. Thank you. Yeah. Galesburg. Um, So that part's cool, and then the other part is the White House, where you walk in what looks like the front door of uh, the White House, and then um, you kind of see some dresses from Mary Lincoln and her contemporaries, and then you take a tour of his presidency. Uh, That features my favorite part of the museum, which is the cabinet room, um, which is more – there really wasn't a cabinet room. It was more kind of like Lincoln's office, but there's – his entire cabinet around a big table as he is uh, presenting the emancipation proclamation. So, um, it's pretty well done. And then there's little biography plates for all of the members of the cabinet, all the folks in the room, um, which is very well done. Uh, there's a staging of, which I dislike strongly of Lincoln, Mary Lincoln, major Rathbone and, uh, Clara who becomes Rathbone, but, Claire Harris um, thanks, Claire Harris, yeah, um kind of so you walk right underneath their their balcony and then there's another figure of someone who's kind of going in through the back door of the balcony so um but after that there's a really good representation of linking Lang and state in in Springfield, uh, which is definitely um, a moving finish to the presidential white house kind of end of the museum but when you leave that there's a little side exhibit area called treasures of the collection i believe it's called or treasures of the museum where there's always rotating items and um that i always see something new and interesting there there's two kind of concentric circles that you can see items in um that's where when they bring when they do bring out the gettysburg address that's where they put it um currently there's um some different items that were donated from different presidents. Uh, there was a, there's a giant plate, like a decorative wall, like a, you know, one of those blue, blue toned plates, um, that I believe president Bush 43 had donated from the white house. Um, they just had been in the white house for for a long time. Um, one really cool print. uh, There's a Dali, Salvador Dali painting of his wife, but it's kind of like, you know, that like kind of, it's not cubism, but there's like a bunch of kind of mosaic type squares, and then when you back away from it, it's Abraham Lincoln. Um, I had no idea that Dalí uh, painted a Lincoln, but it's really really cool. Uh, cool. It wasn't the actual painting, but one of a, one of the original prints of it. Um, but that was something that I, I like Dalí, and obviously I'm a Lincoln enthusiast. Did not know that existed, and it's now it's out now in those in that collection. Uh, but definitely a, a, a neat painting to check out. So, uh, that's the museum. Um, the painting, um, is called, uh, Lincoln and Dolly vision. That can't be right. It is Lincoln and Dolly vision <laughs> is literally the name of that painting is a limited edition lithograph created by Salvador, uh, Dali. So, um, when you see it from, yeah, I don't know, you probably can't see this at all as I'm putting it up to the screen.
2: I'm just googling it right now. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah,
0: so um, it's 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 really cool. Check it out oh, for sure. It's that's um, cool. Yeah, if you just Google Lincoln Dali, D A L I, um, it's very clearly a Dali, and it's also very clearly Abraham Lincoln. So um, yeah, I wish I knew more about art, but that's uh, that's in the museum right now as well. So museum definitely the kind of the centerpiece along with Lincoln home of Springfield, Lincoln visits. Um, We've given this tip several times before, but I don't think we've done it for a long time on the show. I always advocate for going to the museum and or the Lincoln home early in the day. Um, The best thing to do, I believe, is to go to Lincoln home and purchase tickets for a tour at a time that'll work for you because especially if you're going in the summertime. So if you want to go after lunch or something, just go there, buy tickets for the two o'clock tour, and then go to the museum. Because if you go to the museum when it opens at nine, you'll have the place virtually to yourself. Um, and that's kind of nice. Um, and then, you know, as the day goes on, it's night, you know, we want it to be busy. Obviously they're selling off the collection to help pay their bills. Um, but um, when I fir- the first time I went there, there were, it was the summer that it opened, there were lines everywhere. It was, it was, it took a long time to get through everything. Um, which is fine. You know, we want people there, but if you, if you kind of want to, you know, have a, some personal time for reflection and all that kind of stuff, um, I would suggest going, uh, right when they open. Um, there's also two theater shows there. They're, they're good. They're, 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 they're worth checking out, especially if you have kids, you're not going to get a whole lot of like intense, deep, um, Lincoln knowledge out of them. Um, but they're, um, they're well done. Uh, the one's called Lincoln's eyes. And that one, um, tries to kind of tell a story of the, uh, a, a, a portrait painter created a painting for the museum. And he kind of tells, kind of talks to the audience through how he chose um how to to do the painting, so it's it's interesting. Um, and then the other one's called Ghosts of the Museum, which is more of kind of a special effectsy kind of live show, um, which just kind of talks about kind of tries to personify or bring to life how museums bring history to life. so um, if you're going for the, for the, the first kids. time, I would suggest them.
1: The ghost one's a good one for the kids. Mm-hmm. I like the I one better personally
0: mm-hmm. I would agree. I would agree on both those counts. Another thing about the museum. Uh, I'm a, I've been a member for a long, long time. Uh, they have very good events there. If you pay attention, it's hard for me because I'm 200 miles away. Um, I have gone to a couple of events. I went to a lecture on Shiloh there, which was very good. I went to, um, somebody who had written a book about baseball just kind of give it. so there's just general history things there. Uh, just today or yesterday, they had a somebody who analyzed the Blagojevich tapes from the our governor, who's one of our governors who's <laughs> incarcerated. Um, so that was definitely, um, you know, there's lots of good history. And then, of course, Dor- Doris Kearns Goodwin is um, giving a talk there, I think, on the 29th or something of this month. So you go to that? I don't think so. I'd really like to. The tickets are a little pricey. Yeah, they are. Um, and it's just mm-hmm. a lot. It, it's just... It's a little too far to go down and back in one night, so I might just kind of seeing how my week goes. But I'm I've been insane. is that midweek? Uh, I'm not sure when it is. A Monday. Is it a Monday? Yeah, dude, that's bogus. Yeah, I can That'd be really hard to because I'm not going to take a day off work to go. I really well, sh- Nick
2: Nick will fill in for you, Jeremy.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to be sick that day. <laughs> Yeah,
2: uh, actually, is
0: it? Yeah, because she's on a big kind of tour. so
2: Is this for her new book that's coming out? Yeah,
0: yeah. So she's giving a talk. Um, yeah, an evening with Doris Kearns Goodwin. Uh, oh, no, no, Yeah, it is Monday, but it's October 29th. Yeah. That's so I might I'm go about. to that because yeah. that's enough time more. Yeah. I can work ahead and maybe get some stuff done.
1: Um, I was going to say uh, I'm not invited because of my, my comments on uh, the one.
0: <laughs> <yet>. <laughs> so I might see <laughs> if there's still tickets. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I really have a place to stay or not down there, but it um, depends on if they sell grandma's house or not. <laughs> so the donor – so there's, like, that donor reception, a
1: general presentation. What do the tickets get you to, the general presentation?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, so – The donor reception is for the, the high rollers, like people who are uh... – Given significant bank, I'd imagine.
0: Yeah, because um, she already she was she already received the Lincoln Award because they have a they have a banquet in Chicago every year, and the tickets for that are like extreme. It's it, it it's kind of like it's their biggest fundraiser. I'm guessing the tickets are extremely expensive. Um, but like previous um, recipients are Bill Clinton, um, Sandra Day O'Connor, uh, Desmond Tutu. So like these are like historically huge figures um they uh they've had that that award she actually um i believe um, received it too. steven spielberg did as well um so i wasn't able to go to that so the tickets um that are available to me as a member and i'm guessing they're available to everyone you can be a benefactor that's a thousand dollars um oh they've come down in price i believe Really? Yeah. A supporter is $200. Um, so for the benefactor, you get a photo opportunity, uh, you get a reception and then premier seat seating along with a, an autograph first edition of the book, uh, for $200, you get the reception preferred seating and a pre-signed copy. General admission is standing room only. Um, and uh, and you do get a, a first edition with a signed book plate. And the general admission for $25, um, you get standing room only into the presentation. Um, it's a 45-minute presentation, too. That's one thing that's kind of holding me back a little bit. Um, yeah. That's six hours of driving in two days <laughs> for 45 minutes of, of a presentation. Um, that's a little... A little tight, especially if you don't get a you know you don't get a handshake or just to say like hey you know I'm you know former history teacher really you know really like you in Ken Burns documentaries or whatever so dude
1: <laughs> for that handshake you got to pay like an extra eight hundred dollars was it a thousand dollars for the picture mm-hmm. yep mm-hmm. dude nobody worth an eight hundred dollar handshake except for maybe
0: Lincoln Lincoln but himself that's about yeah, that's, that's about, about where to try. draw the line yeah so, so yeah. Yeah, so, 45 minutes, that's it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, 6.30 to 7.15, so um, yeah, on a Monday. So it's, that would be a bit of a stretch uh, for me to pull that off, but maybe I'll think about it. Um, but anyway, uh, getting back to Springfield, um, Lincoln Home, I would actually probably point you more toward our Lincoln Home uh, episode where we had Ranger Rose Harmon on because um, we get pretty deep into Lincoln Home. But I would – recommend um doing that tour for sure it's quick they do them every half hour the rangers are great it is a national park so you're so on those tours not to not to take any credit away from tour guides at the other lincoln sites but you have park rangers doing the tours at lincoln home so they're uh, very much professionals at at what they do and, and they do a great job uh, again, not taking anything away from other tour guides who also do a great job. Um, but you know, being part of the national park service, um, at least, <laughs> at least as it stands now, it's going to be very well maintained and it is uh, very knowledgeable folks there. Um, they do have a, you know, there's, they've kind of tried to create like a little neighborhood feel for not only Lincoln's home, but, but the neighbors around it. So I, I enjoy, I went for a, for a run on, Saturday evening um, and I really enjoy kind of going going through that part of, of town and um, running down those streets is, is kind of nice. I like to do that after they close and it's very very quiet because there's obviously no cars or anything on those streets. Uh, but you can run right by it and kind of look at the nameplate that says a Lincoln and um, it's it's really really um, just definitely something that I would highly recommend. My favorite part of Lincoln home, the banister, the railing, on his stairs is original it's never been replaced so it, so it's um, you know you see so many Lincoln artifacts in Springfield and other museums that are behind as they should be behind glass in you know humidity control temperature controlled spaces um, so like you, you know very 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 rarely are you able to touch something that Lincoln touched um, and the railing is one of those few things that you can absolutely your hand exactly where he did when he came down on his way out to work every day or or whatever so i think that's that's a pretty moving uh experience at least for me um and 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 quite rare i think that's one of the few things that you can actually probably still touch um that 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 they can still maintain the integrity of the piece so um but definitely uh, recommend lincoln home and its surrounding areas Um, there's also, um, the, a couple other homes that are important that I have not yet been to, uh, that I need to make the trip for, but their hours are a little, a little tighter, um, that you can kind of check out. There's, you know, you can see the Lincoln Courting Couch and where Lincoln and Mary Lincoln, um, had kind of met and started their courtship. Um, if, if you kind of do the looking for Lincoln sites, um, and kind of follow the signs in, in Springfield. So, um Lincoln Tomb obviously is definitely a very moving experience to go to as well they've done a great job of remodeling it so that um it's accessible um and open I think it's like nine to five it's open you can go to the cemetery as long as I think the sun's you know as long as between between dawn and dusk you can go there um you can't climb on there's steps that go up to kind of a second level you can't go up there anymore but um, the the Lincoln Tomb is definitely a must-see in Springfield as well. Um, what else in Springfield? Um, I like the Illinois State Capitol. Oh, I like capitals, but Illinois is one of the best. One thing I have not done in Springfield is... Um, and they just really reopened it. And as much as I disagree with uh, our governor, Governor Bruce Rauner, on a lot of things, his family did do a, a very good thing for Illinois by restoring the governor's mansion and opening it back up uh, for tourists. Uh, the Illinois governor's mansion is the largest governor's mansion in the United States, and it is now a, you can now take tours of it and go see it. So. Um, that's something too in Springfield to check out. So um, I've been rambling a lot. I'll, I'll finish with two things about Springfield, and then if there's any, if, uh, Mary, if you had anything you wanted to know about visiting or anything, I can hopefully answer. Uh, best pizza in Springfield, Gabatoni's, uh, which I believe is on Laurel Street. Um, very thin crust, uh, pub cut style pizza, pretty good. We get it every time we go down there. And then there's um, the best pizza. Bar is Obed and Isaac's Ale House by far. It's a microbrewery, but they brew ales. Um, Highly recommend Obed and Isaac's. It is right across the street from Lincoln Home. Uh, It is, um, uh, I believe it's like 7th and Jackson. Lincoln's Home is on 8th and Jackson. Uh, Obed and Isaac's is on, it's on between 6th and 7th, uh, Jackson. So, recommend it highly. Sorry, I did a lot of talking in the first half of the show. So. Oh, that was awesome! <laughs> I, love, one, I love me some Springfield.
2: My one question for both of you: um, so, what would your ideal day in Springfield be like? So, and I don't just mean visiting the museums and the Lincoln sites, but also where would you eat if mm-hmm. you had to build an ideal day in Springfield?
0: Well, mine, because I'm usually down there visiting family. It's a little different. Um, like, I don't know if I've ever actually gone out to breakfast in Springfield, although there's a lot of places. There is a place called Charlie Parker's, which is a little bit closer to the East side of town, which has been on diners, drive-ins and dives. And is kind of known as a, is a kind of a fairly well-known greasy spoon type place. Um, so I've heard that's good. Um, there's for lunch, Nick and I had lunch one time at a place called the long, I think it was called the long nine. Um, Which is named after um, the Lincoln and eight others who brought the capital from uh, south southern part of Illinois to Springfield. Um, There's a lot of good lunch places downtown. I like downtown quite a lot uh, in Springfield, and that's where all of the Lincoln sites and capital sites are. Um, So I would stick near downtown um, for sure. But there's also a lot of other stuff. It's Springfield's because it's the capital of Illinois. There's it's it's a fairly big, big enough town where you'll get anything that you want if you're looking for, you know, whatever chain or type of food. But um, I like downtown for the locally owned places. Uh, but Oben and Isaac's also has great food. Springfield, uh, a little Springfield. What's Turb- that
1: place by is house that's got, like, the
0: German beers? That's Oben and Isaac's, I believe. The alehouse there? Yeah. yeah that's oh, like yeah, a- and we also went to another place that had a bunch, yeah, kind of that bar that one time. Um no, I'm talking about the place that's right there with the German. Like, it's
1: like it's always crowded. You can sit outside. Yeah, that's open in Isaac's. Okay. Yeah. That's a great place to, like, end your evening, especially if you're with, like, a drinking crowd
0: mm-hmm.
1: to, like, shoot the shit. And then that would be a great place to end it. Yes. And then going back to lunch, there's so many great places. I think last time we were there, we just ended up at, like, some sandwich place, mm-hmm. sandwich shop that was good. That's, like, that downtown part, you know, it's kind of one of those, like, Medium-sized cities downtown, so it's kind of fun. You know, it's like the old-school downtown, which is Springfield. So there's a ton of eating places there. Sorry, I cut you off.
0: You no, know, no worries at all. And those, um and it's it's kind of fun too because you'll see like a lot of a lot of government staffers, um, sometimes some you know representatives and senators from Springfield will be there, like around the lunch hour. A lot of attorneys and and whatnot um, who are down for different things like that. But you also see tourists and history buffs and. Um, You know, it could be an eclectic mix. Uh, One thing, when you're in Springfield, the um, Springfield does have a signature dish, I guess you could call it. Um, Much like, um, I guess, New York and Chicago have their pizza and Philly has their Uh, cheesesteaks. Springfield has what's called a horseshoe. Uh, What a horseshoe is, is Texas toast. Uh, On a plate, and the next layer is meat of some kind. It's usually like a ground hamburger um, meat, and then French fries, and then cheese sauce. And it's all on one open-faced mess of a plate. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It is not healthy, but it is delicious. Oh, so, that sounds that sounds really good. <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of a Central Illinois thing, but it's but Springfield is kind of claims home to it. So if you go to Springfield and order a horseshoe, everybody will know what you're talking about. It's it's very much a signature uh, dish for Springfield, if you can call it a dish. Uh, the one thing I like about Obed and Isaac's is they have there's like five or six different choices. They also offer a pony shoe, which I would recommend. It's half of a horseshoe and plenty. Um, but they offer uh, veggie burger ones, which works for me. Uh, but they also have a couple different meats. I think they have like a buffalo one and a couple different burger ones and stuff like that. So a horseshoe is the signature dish of Springfield. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're kind of really wanted to do the tourist thing, like what do they eat in Springfield? That would be the horseshoe. You know, I got it all figured out here. You know, you get there.
1: You sit in the hotel. There's like a lot of decently priced hotels that are like within walking distance of the museum. Um, I can't remember the place I stayed at, but it was like right down the street, really close to the museum. And I could walk there and it was cheap. Um, and then, so yeah, you do that. You get up in the morning, maybe get breakfast depending on your hours. Either you do breakfast or you get the tickets first, whichever is what time you get up. If you're super early breakfast, then get your tickets at the place. Go to the museum. Agree with that 100%. And then after that, you know, you're probably getting your tickets afternoon. So depending what part of the afternoon, you either get the lunch, you hit up the lunch, get the horseshoe in the afternoon. That's a good lunch right there. Hit up the horseshoe at some place. Going downtown, you got some time to kill. There's some great stops down there, um, you know, bookstores, um, some record stores down there. Hit up that stuff. Uh, go to the Lincoln home, do your thing there. Maybe hit in a couple more sites of the Lincoln, what's those sites called? Lincoln, uh, yeah looking, for the, Lincoln, yeah, looking for Lincoln, yeah, looking for Lincoln stuff. And then I like to take pictures, and Springfield's a great place to take some pictures. Um, so you can do that at the golden hour when the sun sets. Bam, you hit up that restaurant, what's it called?
0: Open in Isaac's,
1: the, yeah, open in Isaac's. You just talk Lincoln all night till two in the morning, and then you do it all over again the next day. <laughs> Maybe have the horseshoe for breakfast to kind of, you know, soak up that liquor. <laughs> that's how you do it, Bam. Get it done.
0: Many horseshoes. Oh, shit, awesome. I forgot about
1: the Lincoln Tomb. You know what? You're going to have to go to Lincoln Tomb. You don't need to do that two nights, I guess. One of the nights you should go Lincoln Tomb around nightfall. And Tuesday, something that – I don't know if you've ever been to this, boys. Mm-hmm. Tuesday for the flag ceremony where mm-hmm. they take it down. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool, too. So um, if you're out there on a Tuesday in the summer – uh, I think starting at like seven, they'll take like the, the flag ceremony where they take it down and they give it to one of the guests there. So, uh, we, that's we cool were there, for the Mem- kids. do
0: you remember when we went there? Cause Nick and I, the first time we went there together, we took a group of students and this would have been 10 years ago, I believe. Right. 10 or 11 yeah. years ago. We're almost killed them all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, we, we went to that Tuesday night and they had some civil war reenactors and it was kind of neat you know it was you know we were kind of watching it happen well they fired a mortar and it was the loudest like i've been to many reenactments like it was in my opinion excessively loud and it was like (laughs) but it was like they didn't really acknowledge like yes there are reenactors here but just so everybody knows like we're gonna do a little kind of like they did like a salute kind of thing but they never really said anything like, hey, just so everybody knows, we're going to do this, like, you know, salute where we fire off some stuff. So, like, I, it startled me because it was like a very somber, moving kind of thing. The flag comes down and then all of a sudden they fire this mortar. <laughs> and uh, Oh, man. I, the kids got yeah, it say was, it was crazy. But, yeah, I, did, I remember that very well. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I did almost kill kids.
1: Like, not like, oh, they annoyed me. I almost killed them. Like I literally almost killed them in a car accident. So
0: um,
1: <laughs> although the car accident didn't happen and everybody lived, and I'm sure they're all successful adults now. So at least I know one of them. uh actually I don't know Actually I saw one of them not too long ago. So yeah, they're good.
0: Yeah, all right. Sounds good. Who'd you that, see? That, oh, we probably, that was yeah, awesome. talking about the air. Adri, anyway. Adriana
1: Adri- oh, okay. Adriana. Okay,
0: yeah um so yeah uh any any other questions about springfield mary before we talk about your uh, recent news
2: you both covered it all and it was excellent and i clearly need to plan a trip
0: there yes you do we do need to do a rail splitters take springfield uh, kind of thing and depending on when we go um we may not sell grandma's house until like the springtime because that's a better much better time to sell houses so um, it's not quite the same without grandma there, but well, she's still there. She's in Springfield. She's doing great. She's 93 smart as a tech, you know, whip smart, all that good stuff. But she's just, uh, you know, not in her house. Yeah. Um, dude, but least, I may name. still have a place to stay down there.
1: Rail splitter kegger.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, dude. All dude, was like, no, oh, dude, my grandma's <laughs> not here. Dude, we can totally have a party. Yeah. <laughs> not exactly. But, uh, if you're looking for a very nice, affordable home in Springfield, Definitely hit me up because I've got something in a very very low price range for you right down on Spring Street.
2: If I win the lotto, I will let you know.
0: Yeah, you. It's a pretty modest home. I don't think you need to win the. You know, you could probably hit five out of the six numbers and uh, okay. be okay. Yeah, it's a beautiful little house, but uh, definitely, definitely for a for a small group of folks. So it was a different time. I can't believe they raised the family of five there, and it was you know, it's pretty tight. Well, mm-hmm. the, our, our, the four of us always stay up in the like they kind of finish the, finish the attic. So, um, anyway, uh, Mary, you had some uh, recent news where you participated in a Lincoln Forum. Why don't you tell us about that?
2: Yeah, so I'm I'm actually still participating in it. Hasn't not everybody has given their input yet? But um, I was sent an email by Dr. Devin Hunter, who is an assistant professor of history at the University of Springfield, Illinois. Uh, you guys can follow him on Twitter. He's just at DVHunter. It's all one word. And he asked myself as well as Jeremy and Nick to participate in a virtual roundtable discussion about the current state of Lincoln-related public history. Um, and it's with the Journal of the Abraham Lincoln Association. So um, in case anybody doesn't know, the it's the only academic journal devoted completely to Lincoln scholarship. So there's scholarly articles... Photographs as well as newly discovered Lincoln letters and documents in every issue There's only two that come out a year But um, I was having a look at some of them and it's got some pretty interesting articles in it Um, It's free to read online six months after the print issue is released and the latest issue that can be read online is winter 2018 and there's some very familiar names in terms of Lincoln studies that are part of uh, the, the journal so Michael Burlingame is the chair and executive editor There's also Alan Guelzo. Uh, He's the author of a book, about Gettysburg, and I think a couple other ones too. And James Cornelius is part of it as well. Um, So the Roundtable, it's virtual, so we're participating via Google Docs. And I've never been part of a Roundtable before, and so this is all new to me. And for it to be virtual is... um, you know I don't know if I would feel more comfortable if the if I was doing it with the people around me but the one thing I can say that because it's virtual like I can see all the questions I can go away and think about them for a while come back and answer them and if I want to add stuff to them I can um, but as I said it's about the current state of Lincoln related public history so public history um, I'm sure most of our listeners know what it is but it's beyond the walls of the traditional classroom so, it includes a variety of ways in which history is taken in by the general public. So think museums, battlefields, archives, historical documentaries, etc. And it can and the jobs in the field can be consultants, museum professionals, curators, park rangers, historical interpreters, film and television companies, and they generally work outside of academic center of academic settings. So when I got the email, I was like, it's an honor to be asked to participate in something like this, and I was just like, "Hell yes!" I like, like, we need to do this. You know, it, it's a it's an honor to be asked to be part of it. And the questions that are being asked are really making me think, um, because we as a podcast are not an actual physical site, and that's like the other participants I believe are from you know sites devoted to Abraham Lincoln. So I'm having to think outside the box a little bit with some of the questions um but it really got me thinking that podcasts really I think are becoming a part of the realm of public history and it's really also made me think of what we can continue to do with the podcast how we can continue to grow with it not just the podcast itself but the Facebook page and with the roundtable I've realized obviously comes networking so I think it's a great opportunity for everybody who is involved to network, and it's a great learning experience. And I think networking is very important in the field of public history because you can utilize different strengths. So you have a museum professional who can be on a podcast talking about the latest exhibit, or you can have a blogger who can review a book. And you're working together to spread the word about Lincoln and to get just that out about him. Um, And it has really got me thinking about how history podcasts, as I said, have become a medium for public history. So some of the questions that have been included in this discussion um, are, you know, stuff about the most recent and interesting trends and how Lincoln is interpreted. uh, The challenges faced by different sites and the challenges in the future, which when I answered that question, I said one of them is probably money. Um, When I worked in the museum field, that was a huge thing. Money, as well as people to interpret the new history that comes out. Uh, There's been shifts in the interest of visitors or questions that are asked. And we can also pose questions to the other people participating, which is nice. I haven't really thought. I'm kind of thinking on that as well. But it has been very interesting to be part of that. And um, I'm looking forward to sharing more of it on here at some point. Once it's kind of more all together, we're kind of in the still the very early stages of it, but I emailed, um, Dr. Hunter last night and he said it was okay that I discussed it on the show. So thank you again for that. And thank you also for having us participate in it.
0: Yeah. And I'd like to throw some stuff on there. I just haven't gotten around to it. Um, as kind of the school year's heating up, um, both for me as a educator and for me as a student. So I'm trying to kind of keep those balls in the air too. Um, but yeah, I'll definitely try to try to hop on there too. And, um, try to stomach my intimidation of participating in something that's in a journal. Oh, like Michael it, it's ver- it's very Cornelius. intimidating. Sorry, it is in. very
2: intimidating. When I got the email, I was like, ah, oh.
0: and you know, and it really, it is, I'm not denying that, it, you know, it's, but like one thing I've learned from this podcast is that, um, you know, it's, it's a pretty welcoming community and nobody's really judgmental. Like, it is. you know, in academia, especially like if people who are Lincoln scholars, um, I'm thinking specifically of folks we've talked to, like Dr. Stacy was like the most chill, friendly, like easy to talk to. Like, she's like, um, maybe the, one of the experts on Mary Lincoln. Um, and like so appreciative of people at all levels of knowledge, like at no point where you're ever going to feel like, you know, no one's a snob, you know, no one's like a history snob. Everybody, it's just such a welcoming community. Um, and, She's very know, nice until you call Mary Lincoln, Mary Todd. I thought she was fine about it. I, I screwed it up. <laughs> I made a mistake. You know, like, She called me out in a way that made me really get it. <laughs> uh, no, I thought it was, yeah, that's, that was one of my more enjoyable uh, shows that we've done because um, to try to get over that intimidation factor of, you know, who doesn't like to talk about their life's work, right? Um, so if I were to talk to somebody about education, who didn't know much about education for me to think like, oh man, this person, they don't know what they're talking about, but like, I would love to talk about it. Cause, cause I know that there are people, not everybody who is an educator likes to talk about education even. So, um, I think that's one thing I'm learning too, that I think people just like to talk shop sometimes and talk about what they do for a living. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're going to spend that much time, money, energy, uh, preparing yourself for that career and then pour your life into it, you'd probably like to share that a little bit. So um, it is intimidating to try to, to be in the same conversation as some folks, but um, it's a pretty welcoming community. So I'll look at this first question in a few sentences. Tell us who
1: you are, about your status as a Lincoln-focused public historian, and your path to being one. And I think about my honest response would be uh, you, and me, me, and Jeremy were drinking beers at a bar. <laughs> Probably had a couple too many. He goes, Hey, we should do this. I go, Okay. Realize he was going to do most of the work. And then, yeah. So I could have that in a journal. Is that what you guys are talking <laughs> me?
0: <laughs> Possibly.
1: God, I hope not. <laughs> Maybe I won't answer that one. <laughs>
2: It's a very down-to-earth community. Um, That's what, you know, not just participating in this, but just being on Twitter, being part of this podcast, the Facebook page, the Twitter account, all of it has, it's just a very down-to-earth community. And you're constantly learning from each other, helping each other out, and just having these discussions that they're not only informative, but they're fun. And they bring... I think they bring history alive for people in a way that helps them learn about it.
1: I agree. I think it's uh it's been awesome. And it's an honor that we were asked to participate in this round table. Definitely very intimidating because I think we mm-hmm. all agree. We don't consider ourselves Lincoln historians, but Lincoln enthusiasts.
0: Yeah. Well, um, I think that's a huge distinction. Like as long as you don't claim to be something that you're not like, I could see somebody being like, like if your life, life's work is actual, like, doctoral level research and postdoctoral research into Lincoln, um, it may be mildly annoying when people are like, well, I'm, I too am a historian. Like, no, you're not <laughs> like being interested mm-hmm. in something. And I think that they do appreciate when folks say like, I am very interested in history and I'm a student of history. Um, and not to claim to be an expert in areas where we're not, because there's a big difference and there's nothing wrong with not being a historian and, and kind of being that mm-hmm. like secondary consumer of history. That's what keeps the industry going. But I think it's important not to equate the two. Reading lots of books about Abraham Lincoln is not the same as, um, like Dr. Stacy, for example, work with the Mary Lincoln Papers and the Lincoln Papers, like knee deep in actual historic work. That's just different. It's not. It's not the same thing. And to exactly. to understand that, I think once you do that, I think everybody's cool. So. Anyway, and I don't want to. I'm not trying to speak for other people either. I know everybody's. No, I I agree. I agree with you completely. Yeah. So. I agree with you
2: completely. All
0: right. Well, we are getting close to our hour, so pay attention. That we'll definitely tweet out a lot and try to get some publicity out for whatever ends up. And if if our comments are in there or not in there, um, we'll still obviously promote the the roundtable discussion. Um, but let's get to our first weekly feature, which is of the people by the people. I'll go first just because I don't have one that's hugely exciting. But I did notice um, that Michelle Obama, the former first lady, um, tweeted and, and mentioned that she had just finished her book. So I'm excited to, for that book to come out. I believe it's called Becoming Michelle Obama. So that's a presidential history book that I think will be a good, interesting read. So I just saw that come across and found that interesting. Not not a huge, huge surprise or big deal, but uh, something that was kind of cool. Mary or Nick, what did you have?
2: I've got one. Um, so mine comes from, he was on the podcast last week, Lincoln Belongs to the Ages, um, and it's Remembering nine eleven. so it's from yesterday. Um, and he tweeted a photo of, you know, just the memorial for the Twin Towers now in New York City, and he had a quote from Lincoln. In this great struggle, this form of government and every form of human right is endangered if our enemies succeed and it is from a speech that Lincoln gave to the 164th Ohio Regiment on August 22nd, 1864. And I just thought that that was a great way of capturing just how Lincoln's words are timeless.
1: Hey, that's, like that's really good. I so wish I went before you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> bye. I can't stop watching this tweet. Um, And I shared this uh, with the the group chat last night. This has nothing to do with Lincoln, Fillmore, or wrestling. Wow. But it does kind of have to do with Canada. Canada's greatest rock band, Rush. Um, So there is a thing on Twitter. uh, It originally came from Prescott Rossi, who is a uh, sports broadcaster in Rochester, New York. He was at the Ravens game. And he took a video of this guy air drumming to Russia's Tom Sawyer. And it is the single best air playing performance on any instrument I have ever seen. So um, I liked it. And he, he's just jamming. He's hitting everything right on pace. Right, It is really a work of art. I can't stop watching it. I hope this guy becomes a regular thing on my football Sundays. So, um, Yeah. And that's what I got for this week. So wish I went before both of you.
0: <laughs> that was pretty good. He said that to me. The guy yeah, clearly is a drummer and an air drummer. Uh, so as far as our This Week in Lincoln goes, I stumbled into a treasure trove of This Week in Lincoln's on my Springfield trip. So over the next few weeks, I might be dominating the This Week in Lincoln's, and I apologize for that, but I, I, like every time I turned around, I saw another one, and I went to a t-shirt store which is right next to the Lincoln Herndon Law Office, which is a great site to check out in Springfield also. But there's a little shop right next door um, to the Lincoln Herndon Law Office that just has a whole bunch of Lincoln t-shirts that fit perfectly in This Week in Lincoln. So we'll, we'll mention some of those in the coming weeks. Uh, they also had, a, like, a huge collection of bobbleheads that they were selling, and one of the bobbleheads I saw was uh, James Polk, James K. Polk, who's, like, a lesser-known president. So I'm like, oh, man, there's going to be a Fillmore. There's going to be a Fillmore. There was not. He didn't even – Polk made the list, and he didn't make the list, so. Well, no, shit, you ain't going to make any money off of Fillmore. That's I don't now see how my, you're going to make any now money now off of my Polk. life
2: goal to find a bobble hood of Fillmore, and I'm going to send it to Nick.
0: You could probably, okay. I bet there's some in Buffalo, but that's probably the extent of it. I doubt there's any. Anywhere I'm, else. I'm
2: going to find one.
0: Hey, did Polk have his mullet? Yeah. On the yep. See, that's why they sold it. <laughs> that's and if it. you said,
1: And if I get a Fillmore bobblehead, I'm going to burn it online, just like they did with the LeBron jerseys in
0: Cleveland. <laughs> 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 so, or this week in Lincoln, this week, uh, was not from Springfield, it was on my way to Springfield. We stopped uh, in a little town called Minonk, Illinois. Uh, not the Minonk that were chewing on the power cables and Empire Strikes Back, but it might be Minonk, Minonk, I don't know, M-I-N-O-N-K. Minonk. is it
1: Minonk? Minonk,
0: M-I-N-O-N-K, I believe, or M-I-N-O, whatever, Minonk. It's not 39, kind of by El Paso, Illinois. Uh, there's a bunch of little towns you pass by, uh, but Is anyway, aren't all the windmills right there too? What's that? Is it just
1: are the windmills just north of oh, that? Oh
0: yeah, yeah, they're, they're a little bit farther north. Yeah. Okay. Um, there's, it's 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 a quite boring drive from where we are at North Central Illinois, but if you go to I believe it's called Funk's Grove, uh, that's Wild Bill Hickok's birthplace. There's a kind of a cool statue for him there. Uh, And other than that, there's nothing on the way down. Bloomington, where Nick went to college, my wife went to college, um, home of the Redbirds. Anyway, in Monoc, Illinois, which has a gas station and a few spots, uh, we ate at Woody's Family Restaurant, which is literally attached to a gas station. Went over to the gas station. They had an impressive collection of knives, um, lots and lots of um, just interesting things. They had They had a giant turkey leg you could, like, they were selling like turkey legs that were, like, pre-packaged. It was disgusting. But they also had some shot glasses in a display case. And there was a shot glass that says, hanging out in Illinois, land of Lincoln. And on the edge, clinging to the edge of the shot glass is a little plastic Abraham Lincoln. So you can take a shot out of a shot glass that has Lincoln hanging off the side that says, hanging out in Illinois. So... Very cool. So, that's your this week in Lincoln this week. Uh, any fi- final parting thoughts, Mary or Nick?
2: Oh, thank you for all that you told us about Springfield. It was. It just makes me want to go there more, and I think our listeners are really going to benefit from it. So, thank you, Jeremy, for that, and you too, Nick. For I, I like how your day would go in Springfield.
0: That's right. Three horseshoes. Yep. <laughs> So, and yeah, if you ever want any travel tips in Springfield, let me know. Uh, my wife and I's, um, I don't want to say go like every now and then we talk about opening a bed and breakfast there in retirement, which is so far away that it's not even a daydream at this point, but you never know. We might get there someday, uh, but I love talking about Springfield. So anytime anybody wants anything, just reach out to us on social media. We'd love to. Talk to you about that. So uh, thank you for tuning in again this week. We'll be back next week. And next week we are going to be talking about the 1864 presidential election. A showdown between our favorite Abraham Lincoln and Little Mac himself, George McClellan. So tune in for that one. That one is definitely going to be a fun, a little more history-centric episode of The Rail Splitter. But until then, continue to walk the world with malice toward none and charity for all. And we'll see you next week.